and we're back for another episode of Midweek Mentions. I'm Ant, ask that on Twitter. Tonight, I'm joined by the lovely Allie. Hello, hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. And of course, um, our exceptional professional broadcaster and real life politician, Mayor Matt Santini. How are you doing, Matt? Public servant. And I was, I'm a little offended that I wasn't classified as lovely, but I'll be okay. Quite handsome. How about that? Or dapper. I, I'll go with dapper for you, Mayor. Uh, I insist on lovely, but that's okay. <laughs> Zaddy. I'm going to kick it off this week. I've got a topic that I want to go back to from last week that I just didn't get a chance to cover because we uh, we had a lot going on that week. I because I would about- because I wouldn't shut up, right? No, Mayor, <laughs> you always bring it strong. You bring a lot of topics, and uh, and it's good. Antonio Brown ruining everybody's lives. Yeah. Yes, that too. Um, I wanted to talk about the interview with Cristobal that the Levitard Show had. I and and the return of people, so to speak. Um, I, I, I don't know. I loved it. I thought it was a great interview. Obviously, even without people, I just love sort of how Mario was sort of in it and was willing to play with them. Was I mean, you know, dropping curse words and different things. I don't know. I just really he seemed like somebody who 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 you know knew Dan and sort of got the show at least somewhat and someone that I could see them having on every couple of weeks or maybe even weekly for 20 minutes and getting his takes of what he's like doing a little more hard hitting sports. Um, even if it's the local hour, I don't know. I really like in view. I liked how he sort of played off the Lebertard crew and how they did. Like I said, even before you start talking about people. So what did you guys think? Did you guys listen to it? Did you guys like it? Are you just anti, you know, Miami sports? What do you got, Allie? So Peepo is one of my favorite people on the show. I don't know where he's been the past couple of years, but I'm glad that he's back. I'm glad Billy kind of pulled him out from wherever Peepo has been. Um, I don't really follow Miami sports outside of just what the show talks about, but I'm hyped for the U. I'm hyped to watch them play. If everything that they say is true, that this guy is going to you know, bring back the fun culture that the U is, then I'm all for it. And if it just keeps people around, then that's what the show needs. But I have a recommendation if he didn't want to answer the question about the turnover change chain or whether he's going to retire it or not. What if they did like for a kick six, they do like the kick six croquetta because there's no like plays that involve like a C. So I guess the best sounding thing is like a C. So a kick six croquetta or a kick six cafecito. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I, I was a fan. I was, a, you know, I was a fan of, of, of the way he sort of interacted and the way he was able to sort of, like I said, play off of them and seemed, you know, much more ready to embrace the fun that is Miami, which even though Manny Diaz was sort of ex Miami, he just never seemed to like want to lean into that aspect of it. I don't know. What do you think? He was man? just doing useless coach speak. That's just all Manny was. You had high hopes that he wasn't going to fall into the trap of useless coach speak, but he did. So hopefully Mario doesn't do that. Well, and also I do think the fact that the university seems slightly more invested um, is a good thing. I mean, I do think, you know, not that mayor's probably not really happy that the George Bulldogs won, um, college football is better when there's more good teams out there, when it's more than just Alabama and whoever is playing well that year, you know, when USC is better, when Miami is better, when even LSU is better 
and there's more, you, you know, I think college football is very much, you like your hometown club. If you're in Alabama, you love, you know, you love the tide or you love the tigers, you know, there's not a lot of necessarily, whereas in more professional sports, you get teams or enjoyment all over college fans are so passionate, but I also think the sport as a whole is better when there's more good teams. And I, so I think, I hope the U does come up and, and, and start to look better than, than they had the last, you know, decade plus go ahead. What do you think? That's okay. No, actually, absolutely love people. And you know, it, your question is a really good one. I got a very deep answer to it. I'll try not to get too deep, but it really goes back to the construct of the show. You know, if you go back to when it was on radio, you know, even though that, that, you know, most people that are consuming this, obviously you're all doing it through the YouTube or through the pod. And it's easy to forget they, they do this thing segmented for a reason. And it's still to kind of keep that radio construct. The Mario Cristobal interview was during the local hour. And the local hour used to be, again, a playground where you could listen nationally, but it was meant for exactly that. It was an hour of, like I said, it was kind of a playground where they would kind of workshop some things and it was more Miami centric. So the fact that it was in that segment of the podcast, it made total sense. Um, Again, I'm, I'm with Ali. The people character is, is phenomenal. Um, the little mascot at the end, I can't remember what it was called, but our buddies at Guillermo mafia, uh, have a, have a shirt uh, that you can buy that I, I keep on waiting, checking my mailbox every day to see what I can, uh, if, if it's going to be here or not. But, uh, I encourage anybody to see that. The, it was, what is it? I, it's the El Gallo with a, with El a Gallo, 305. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's funny. It's re- I can't wait to see what my wife says when, when I put this thing on. Cause again, I'm not necessarily a Miami fan, but. It's, it's just funny. Wanted to support the guys, wanted to show my love for the show. So uh, that was, it was so good. And I usually just watch, listen to the podcast. I would, I took the time to watch the YouTube version of it because to see Billy as Peepo uh, banging that spatula that broke and, and he just kept on going at it. And he just, I didn't understand half the words because they were breaking into Spanglish that I didn't understand, but it didn't matter. And what I enjoyed the most out of that is watching everybody else on that Zoom call. If you haven't watched it on YouTube is watching everybody else just dying laughing the entire time that Billy was doing it because, you know, it's a little bit of an alter ego for his uh, normal show personality. Yes. Yes. Most definitely. Everybody go to GuillermoMafia.com and buy the El Gallo people t-shirt. El Gallo is rooster for uh, those of you who out there who don't speak Spanish. Um, and it's a, it's a great shirt and Guillermo Mafia great stuff. So happy to promote them as part of what we got going on here. And yeah. also, for some reason, Billy has connections through Peepo that if you request Billy on Cameo and specifically request a Peepo discussion, Peepo pops up. So that's kind of where he's been in and out of Cameo. But somehow Billy has some weird connection with Peepo. I don't get it. But for $45.99, you can get Peepo. And actually, it's funny you should bring that up because one of the things that hit today, I don't want to get too much into it because it's into recruiting, but there is a, a young man that plays football for, for Cartersville uh, who was offered a scholarship but uh, the university of Miami and, you know, he put that on Twitter, the school system kind of pushed it out. So I kind of liked it. I'm sitting there thinking, man, that would be so good for the university of Miami or to just kind of send, send a cameo to this kid from people telling him to come down to the, uh, I don't know if it would seal the deal or if it would totally scare the kid away. You might bring on like five or six more recruits. Exactly. So it's, you know, either you get it or you don't. I, I just think that would be, that'd be kind of silly and funny. I just thought it was really good. I thought it was one of the best things they had done in a long time because 
even though it's on a local hour, it was so playful and people gets, gets into his passions and, uh, he, you know, he gets that cowbell going and he gets this passion going and it's just, it's just, you know, all about hype. I don't know. Well, and he did draw, and he did drop the ire from the, uh, from the one member of the Miami, uh, hurricanes that's, <laughs> uh, it's caught a little bit of traction. And I, I think they've done a good job of playing that up a little bit and now kind of passive, kind of in Billy fashion, you know, well, we're going to apologize, but then we're going to say this, and then we're going to, we're going to put up a little picture of him to make sure that he doesn't come here and get a hold of us. And, you know, they're, yes, they're, they're milking it for all it's worth. Great show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Saying on Twitter, um, yeah, come down here and punch Dan. I dare you. It's just, you know, that's just, that's just awesome. I think it's the sensibilities or the parts of the show that we just sort of love how they lean into, into these sort of weird aspects of, of what they have going on. Yeah. I hope they continue this like they did with the Baldwins. However long they did it with the Baldwins, they just hyped it up and they just did a lot of back and forth, you know, outside of, you know, one allegedly shooting and killing somebody. So don't do that, Mr. Miami coach, but there's potential there to bring Miami back into the fold with their football program in the, in the show. So I'm going to give me one more topic and then we'll throw it around to you guys. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the sort of Samson and, uh, and Skipper episode that they did, or, or the part of the episode that they did. Um, and specifically talking about, you know, I mean, I think they both are good at what they want to push, even though they sometimes argue. But the part for me that was really interesting was the whole idea of, of selling ESPN or Apple buying ESPN. Would Disney want to get rid of it or whatever? I don't know. I just thought that was very interesting because I do think, I do agree that it could be a flagship thing for Apple to sort of get themselves a stake in the overall streaming game, but such a big stake because ESPN is the worldwide leader in sports, at least in the U S. So uh, what do you guys think? what do you guys think of that segment or the whole interview or any of the back and forth? what do you guys think? Go ahead, Matt. Yeah. I'm a big fan of, uh, I was kind of saddened in our chats that we had that uh, Pamela, <laughs> she's not, she's not a big fan of, uh, of David Sampson. I listened to Sam's Sam's- out. I, I listen to Samson every day. Uh, I, I mean, right after the Levitard show, it's the next thing that comes on. I enjoy uh, his style of speaking. I enjoy the, I, I just think he's a good showman. I like the content that he pushes out. I like the way he pushes things. And I like many of his sensibilities. Um, you know, he doesn't like to be pigeonholed into anything. And I do like the the business discussion side of it. I, you know, I know John hadn't been on here in a while, but you know, I know John who, you know, is from Miami. A lot of people down there don't, he doesn't have any credibility with him. I don't have the history with him. So I guess I extend him a little bit more courtesy than, than many others do, but I do enjoy the business conversations. I had no problem with them having different perspectives. It makes for an interesting conversation and certainly respect both of them for what they've been able to accomplish. And I, I'm like you, Ant. I really enjoy that type of content where they, where they're not afraid to say passionately what they believe, no, no personal attacks but just having a different perspective, one from a management side, one from a programming side. Um, I, I, I thought it was rather fascinating and, you know, it's all about the content business and everybody's battling for content. I kind of, I kind of tend to believe Skipper's perspective on it, that there's a better chance of the entire Walt Disney, not all of Disney, but the Walt Disney corporation selling instead of just the one piece of ESPN. Yeah. And, and the thing that I like, I mean, you know, you have the local out with Samson and Mike and, uh, oftentimes Dan chimes in, but Skipper is much more or is more similar to Samson than even Dan or or, or, or Mike are. 
And so you get to sort of probe them to go down a particular path. I don't know. I just, I just really enjoy it. And now that said, similar to John, I don't look at everything that Samson says as Bible. I, you know, I take some of his stuff as a grain of salt. I also think he does offer some insights to some of the stuff that most of us normal people wouldn't necessarily ever be able to sort of hear. Um, you know, I think some of it is played up to sort of get a reaction, you know, like some of his, well, when I was talking to Bud Selick about blah, 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 I don't necessarily always say, oh my goodness, it's, you know, but I, I do like the perspective he brings and I like the alternate perspective that Skipper sort of has. What do you think, Allie? So I, I, th- I find their discussions interesting just from not knowing the business side of everything, no matter how much I dislike Samson as a person. Um, I appreciate what he brings from as that, you know, business side, but I may be remembering this incorrectly, but during that discussion, they talked about how content, they didn't really factor in the content when it came to what rights they had for whichever sports league, like they still showed stuff. And I call bullshit on that. And I call bullshit on that because they hardly ever rarely covered any sort of racing once they lost their contract to NBC and Fox, which granted, I completely understand that, but I, I do call bullshit on, they do lower their coverage with, with sporting leagues, whether it might be minuscule depending on the league or not. And there is like a million plus people watching NASCAR on a regular basis that they don't really chime into unless somebody says a racial slur or it's about Bubba Wallace. That's all the coverage that's been over the past two years. And there's so much more to talk about and they could have Marty Smith really go in on it or Ryan McGee really go in on that the sport of NASCAR. But that's just from my perspective, being a racing fan that I just don't, I don't see that from, from ESPN. Yeah, I agree. I I didn't necessarily believe Skipper when he said that. I mean, it, you know, like, yes, you're still going to cover the amazing goals in hockey, but if it's not something you're trying to bring viewers to, it's more than just the fact that you're not running promos. You absolutely are covering it less. And for a business decision, that makes sense. Like I would have wished, I wish he would even said it one way or the other. Like, I don't think you need to argue pro is pro. Right. It's completely understandable. Completely, completely uh, understandable as to what their business decision was on that. Like, uh, you know, it makes sense. You're going to cover football more than anybody else because they're just the biggest dog in town and then you can say basketball is too and then you can decide to go from there but um you know i feel like even like something that's worldwide popular like the epl or like you know champions league was much less interesting to espn when they didn't have any foot in any door with any of that stuff and now that they have a little more feet in those doors that does to me garner more coverage. It garners them making a decision to run a show, you know, like there's no NHL tonight on ESPN when ESPN is not have a contract with the NHL. There's just not. And I understand it, but just don't pretend, you know, as you say, sort of that, that that's not the case. All right. So we've got to split hairs a little bit. If you listen back to what John Skipper said and he answered the question directly, it's kind of a Samson tactic too, in the, in the way of doing that. The question was, or the, the, the claim was, was that upper management would direct the program directors as far as how much content they would have on things. And John Skipper said, I, or we, this level never said reduce this because of what the programming is. Okay. They never told the program directors that I think you can parse that to say, all right. I believe him that he never told them or they never passed that word around. 
However, there was somebody that was at some level was passing that word around and it only, and again, it only makes sense. It's almost like an unwritten rule. Like you said, when you've got a huge baseball contract, what are you going to do? Well, you're going to promote the heck out of baseball. Well, if you've got the NASCAR contract, guess what? You want eyes and ears. Their whole model is set up around the live event. They're going to promote more of that on their flagship shows to promote you and have that interest so that you can you know drive viewership for that. So you're both, I, th I think you're right in regards to the fact that it is pretty obvious that, oh, all of a sudden ESPN cares about hockey. Gee, what changed? Oh, they're carrying games now. That's interesting. Um, but again, I think he had, I guess he, he had reached the point of plausible deniability in, in the delivering of that message so that he could have been telling the truth. He just wasn't the one or anybody on that level was, was delivering that message. Right. It's like the difference between directly saying not to do something and indirectly being like, oh, hey, let's just show this or this or this. You're not saying not to show it. You're just saying to let's focus in on these areas, which again, which would fall into line what he said. It's just I wish ESPN. I know they don't work for ESPN anymore, but I wish those networks would hone in on those niche sports. I feel like that they could grow a little bit better because it's really hard to find like soccer content on ESPN. Like you really have to dig for it. But if, but if there was a way to monetize it, they'd be doing it. Well, I mean, I got an idea. Let's start a network that's totally based on just motorsports and we'll call it, we'll speed. Call it the speed network. <laughs> the speed you know network we'll, that we'll, we'll, we'll be able to print money because so much, there's so many racing fans out there. They're going to watch it all the time. We'll carry races. We'll have just total talk about racing. And I'm not. I'm not taking swings at racing. No, RIP speed channel. Again, I you. So again, it's been tried. And as Samson says, it always comes back to the money. If they were monetizing, you know, they track who's listening to what, when, what topics are being covered. And that's how they're to some degree. I think that's how they're basing their coverage. And so if they were making money at it, they'd be, they'd be talking about it. Sure. Yeah, it's just like, you just want mom and dad to like you. And I just, feel like you're not being loved like you're like just sitting in the back and you are at the kids table and you will never feel appreciated and it's just sad but you understand why you're there and you will never be at the big boys and big girls table you just want mom and dad to like you again you need to adopt the mma attitude and just you know get mad at anybody that tries to cover your sport that hasn't been doing it for <laughs> eight to ten years back from you know when it was in its infancy and then you can just kind of carry it from there. Quit wanting the coverage. Start just criticizing anybody that wants to cover you. Exactly. It's a gaggy. I also think something that happened is as things went away from SportsCenter, as you know, SportsCenter is still popular in its own way, but it's not anywhere near popular as it was 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. And that's some of the downfall of some of their trying to do other coverages, I feel like. I feel like the fact that Sports Center doesn't run 24-7 on the channel anymore because it's just not the way people consume content. They go to Twitter, they go all different places to get their sports scores. That that changes how you have to try to go after some of the less popular sports. And I feel like ESPN never did a good job of that. They always seem to be a follower in something. But because they're a big dog, once they start, they can more easily ramp something up, but it just seems like they never really wanted to try to innovate, even with something like the speed channel. I don't know, but you know, I'm not a bigger racing fan as, as Allie is. So maybe I'm uh, thinking of it wrong, but that's just sort of how I see it. Well, by the way, you can get, you can give me as much Marty Smith as you want. That's another podcast I listen to. 
And hopefully you check that out as well. So I spend all my time listening to podcasts, but <laughs> I, I can endorse that. And uh, as we transition to some other topics, I do want to give you a chance. You you mentioned me in the, the national championship game. I was thrilled the Georgia Bulldogs won. I'm not a diehard Georgia fan, but I was cheering for the, the, the home state team. And I've got, uh, I actually have a very good friend that played on a couple of their SEC championship teams is a former broadcast partner of mine that I spoke with some today. And, you know, I've got a lot of Georgia fans. It's, it's, it's the most popular, uh, in the state by far, uh, school. And so having another championship in the state of Georgia, that makes everybody around here feel really good. Um, and again, um, I think that moving forward, uh, all these different NIL deals, and it will bring more people into the fold to, uh, perhaps be more, a little bit more competitive, but I don't think anybody could argue that the two best football teams uh, were on the field on Monday night. Oh, they absolutely were. Yeah, they absolutely were. And, uh, I think, I mean, there was something, there was a stat I heard and I'm going to get it wrong, but the gist of it will be correct, which is 86 scholarships for a college team and 77 of them were from an ESPN top 200 ranking at one point for Alabama. That's insane. That's like 90 plus percent of their team is some of the most talented people in the country and that no other team seems to be anywhere near close to that. And so in many ways, I think NIL is going to be good for college football as a whole because there'll be more ability for more places to get some better players. I think even if every coach on the planet is going to complain about the fact that kids are getting money, um, it's, it's always interesting that everybody's fine with money until the people sort of lower on the ladder, start to get their piece. And then all of a sudden it's a travesty that's happening. And that seems to happen in sports and non-sports in many ways alike, but you know, I digress. Well, and you're going to start having, it's going to look a little bit like, and I don't follow soccer much, but I know they've got kind of the transfer season where te- you know, guys are able to pick and choose, or there's a little bit of trading back and forth. I think you'll see this because you got to remember when somebody gets a scholarship to college, it's not a four-year scholarship. It's four one-year scholarships. And so you have guys that may, uh, you know, even a guy, and, and again, I'm going to be fictitious because I don't, I don't know any of this, but they, you know, there, there could be a guy that played really well for Georgia uh, this year. And he might just go into the transfer portal and go, all right, well, you know, <laughs> who needs me? You know, he's going to, he may just decide, Hey, you know, if Georgia wants me back, it's going to be, you know, let's, let's see what I can get from this. You're basically a free agent every year, or at least you get one shot at it. So you may as well see, is there somebody on the other side of the country? That's going to give me $2 million to go play for them. Um, you know, I know the numbers could get a little bit crazy, but even if it's, you know, if it's $50,000, which is a lot of money, um, you know, why would you, why would you not take advantage of that system? And I'm like, yeah, these guys are eight, they're they're 18 years old and they've got a window of time. The vast majority of these guys are not going to make it in the NFL. And a lot of them have life situations that are a lot different than, you know, than, than we can probably even imagine. And even if it is 10, $20,000, that's, that's like a million bucks. And and again, if, if somebody's, you know, some of these guys may have a, a child, they may have, they may be young and married. They may have, you know, a situation, you know, in their parents' life where they can literally save their family 
by taking one of these deals, I've got zero issue with it. I just hope that in the process, they're getting their education and being able to use that as the springboard. You know, they get out of college, they get a little bit, if they've got a little money in their pocket, they've got their education. Now you've really made a generational change. Yes. And the, the one thing I found that I, I learned recently about the, the, the portal and all this stuff is you actually can't talk to any other school until you declare yourself for the portal. So there's in some ways, there's people just clearing themselves for the portal just sort of to get information and are probably not going to end up going anywhere. At the same time, there's some people who are trying to find out, you know, like, I mean, they, they talked about this on the broadcast. Who is going to be Georgia's quarterback next year? Are you sticking with uh, are you sticking with him because he won or are you going with the guy, you know, is probably better for you in the long term. But, you know, the cred that he built up maybe makes him maybe he goes into portal. Maybe he doesn't. What's he going to do? Like, I, I think I think it adds it is an interesting aspect to college football. And it sort of, to me, reinforces Dan's position that it really is professional football, despite the fact that it's college. It's, you know, one a professional football because of how everything is run, especially at the highest level. So I have kind of like a firsthand experience when it comes to getting paid and the whole NIL experience. So I was a D1 walk-on my first semester of college. And so I didn't have scholarship or anything for cross country. And we'd have to pocket whatever per diem money we got for races. Um, like we'd get money to go to Olive Garden or whatever. And we'd end up pocketing that like $82 for a weekend. Cause we'd have five hour practices on top of holding like an 18 hour course load. Plus having to do study hall for 25 hours a week. Nobody had time for a job. And that was with cross country for an Atlantic 10 school. I can't even imagine the amount of time these people did not have when it comes to football, just to have money to be able to afford just living. So I, I hope they get every single penny that they deserve. And the NIL stuff, it does extend to other sports. And I think I've mentioned it before, you know, up the East coast and some of these larger lacrosse schools, the, the women that are playing these collegiate lacrosse they're they are rock stars mm -hmm. in those worlds. You talk about niche, but I mean, they have a small window of time where they are literally rock stars, where they can put on camps or where they can benefit from the outstanding skill and athleticism that they have. And I think it's, I, I hope they benefit from that just as much as any football player does. And, you know, I, I think that's, I think that's going to be a positive side of the name image likeness. Cause again, it's you're 18 years old. You're an adult. If my child was an outstanding, uh, if they played in the band and they were an outstanding musician, they could give music lessons on the side and make as much money as you want. Allie, when you were, a, uh, even though you were a walk-on on D1, you couldn't have done anything. You couldn't have get, done a running camp or done a little bit of coaching at the local high Not school. Not a single thing. You could, and you say didn't have time for jobs. I, are you even able to have a job if you're a D1 athlete? You can have like a part-time job. Okay. A lot of well, people, like a lot of people that were in on my team worked at the mall when the mall still existed back in my day, we had malls, but yeah, like we just have to pocket that. And that's just the money we were, we had to live off of. And that was again, just with a mediocre cross country team. What was your, uh, and I think we've talked about this before, but you got to remind me again, what was your best time in the, in 5k and 5k? I broke 19 one time. So it was like 1856. I was not very good at cross country. Like track was my thing, but uh, yeah, I lied to get out of that because the school was bad. And that's why I transferred from UNC Charlotte. Kids don't go to UNC Charlotte. There's, there's just an onion. I mean, there's just a whole other after school special. We're going to have to go into on this one. 
Oh, I got more. So you know how the national championship game was between Alabama and Georgia, right? My ex-husband, who's not really my ex-husband because we got an annulment. So it's like our marriage didn't exist. It went to Alabama. His brothers went to Georgia. So it was like my exes and his siblings bull. And I hope they just all exploded because I hate Alabama and Georgia. And I was like, oh my God, what a war. I couldn't think of a worse game for me personally to watch. So Ryan Benz, if you're out there, screw you. You're a horrible person. And I'm glad Alabama lost. And we just dug a little bit deeper there. Um, yes, we did. Allie yes, coming in hot. <laughs> yes, that was. Um, check the RPMs on that one. That was. <laughs> if we had speech handle, we probably could have a special on it. We probably could. I'd like to bring up something and it kind of goes back to um, it's funny. Aunt, your original topic kind of touched on a few of the, the thematic things relative to the local hour. And again, it used to be without Dan for the most part. And now Dan is kind of involved with the local hour, Not, nothing against Dan, but I always kind of felt it takes a little bit away from the other people when Dan is in there, because obviously everything kind of runs through or plays off of him when their own devices, it t- tends to be a little bit more free form and, and Anyway, it's just, it takes on a difference, Bill. One of the people that have gotten, I think, has gotten lost in this addition of people and the new stuff is Roy. And so there hasn't been as much Roy on the, on the programming as I'd like to hear, because I'm just, I'm kind of fascinated by him. I know a lot of people are as well. So I was really interested and excited to hear that uh, this project, that this podcast that he's been working on, that's going to be coming out as part of the Metal Arc family of, of pods. I'll be interested to see it only from the, from the standpoint that it's something that a project that Roy has taken and run with, I think he's extremely talented, very undersold and understated. And then today he got, and I'm, I hate it because I cannot remember the topic, but he jumped in on something that he was rather passionate about. And it, it, that doesn't happen enough for me. I just, there was a window for him to jump in there. And so it made me real happy to go, all right, here we go. Give me, give me a little bit more Roy. So it made me want to ask both of you who or what on the show would you like to hear more of or more from? So I I agree with Roy and I was really hoping for a Florida Panthers Kodak black breakdown from him, like second by second. I was waiting for that as like the hockey expert. I needed to know if there was like a penalty there, some sticking, grabbing from the back. I don't know what was going on, but I was leaning on Roy to give me that expertise and maybe we'll get it tomorrow. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I, I really get excited when Roy speaks because it's very limited. But when he comes in, he comes in guns a blazing. And I appreciate that. But out of the, the people, I, I love how Jessica has had kind of like a rise. She, she has done excellent the past couple of weeks, even though that pains me to say. She has. She is, she is slowly getting there and her limited fake Jimbo Fisher was amazing because I watched a little bit of that that telecast or whatever and she absolutely nailed it on the head and it was just chef kiss agree five star on the Kodak black thing I don't know if it's high sticking or roughing or if it's a penalty box but it was definitely something involved he was in someone's box (laughs) some would say maybe it was a five minute major and, Hopefully and it actually, wasn't a two-minute minor. And actually, there is a um, there is video. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, they were just dancing. 
they were just dancing there. There's video that kind of conclusively shows that it wasn't what it looked like from a distance. Not that it was the kind of dancing you'd see at a middle school or that you should see at a middle school dance or any dance. Some would question that's even dancing at all. But well, uh, who, what's the song that's like ain't nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. I think that was like the definition of what what was going on. A little bumping, little grinding. More than a little bit. Yes. And Ant, I'll give you an opportunity. Uh, what who do you who or what do you want to see more of or hear more of on the show? So I've got two. So first, I want to give props to Billy. I feel like over the past six months, he's just. Excelled in in the way he comes in and even though sometimes i do think he goes just a little bit too far with derailing i, I love when he derails stuff it, it's what it's do you mean enjoyable yeah exactly that, that it's just it's just so enjoyable for me um the other one for me is chris whittingham i just love whittingham partly because he's very distinct from all the other members partly because that he leads into his fancy lad stuff but also, like, I don't know, I just really enjoy, he's someone who really grew up in Miami on sports and listening to Levitard. And, and I don't know, I just really enjoy his perspective on a lot of things. And I will say, just to back up the two of you, whenever Roy comes in with something, I know it's going to be passionate, it's going to be informed, and he's going to come in, as you said, Ali, guns are blazing. So I do love whenever Roy chimes in. And I think he picks his spots exceptionally well. I love Witty. And I feel like it's because I was in love with Pablo's character on the show. And I feel like he's a good replacement for Pablo because he hasn't been on. I don't I, I wish he'd come back on, but I feel like he's a great kind of sort of replacement for the Pablo High Fluton-esque character yes, that's on the show. I would agree. Love it. Well, and it's it is interesting when you think of this. And of course, it's an unhealthy obsession that we all have with this show. Not and, and, I do, and I do agree with your assessment of Smetty Alley is that she's, she's growing on us. Uh, she's, she's growing on me. I was skeptical, you know, started out really wanting to like her. And then, you know, she's three years older than my daughter and I'm catching some things that are like, ah, there's a little bit, I don't know, but anyways, no doubt on the Jimbo Fisher thing. She's nailed that. I do like the little, the, the snotty little, Oh, damn. You know, the Yins Fidel. Yes. She's, she's, she's developing characters that are pretty good. Witty knows this stuff too. But what, what I think is fun about this is that when you look at each of them individually, they're all very different. And it's the blend of all of them that makes it fun <laughs> and get into the kind of the bigger picture of our country. I mean, isn't it a lot better when people are a lot different, you know, it makes life that much more interesting. Everybody's got something to contribute. It makes something really good. It would be great if that mindset would get kind of spilled into other areas of, uh, of the world. I'll just, I'll leave it at yes, that. Yes. I agree. Also, I think going back to something you were talking about earlier, when you were talking about the, the new pod that Roy's doing, I think we oftentimes forget, with how much rope Dan has given each of these members that in theory, Billy and Roy and Chris and Tony are all producers. They're not necessarily on air personalities like Dan and Stu and even what Mike has sort of grown into. And so I often sometimes almost forget, Oh yeah, that's right. Billy's producing Stu Potity or, and God bless football, which are just excellent. Like his input on those, 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 
titles, I guess is the best way to say it, is excellent. And Roy's imprint on this other one over here. And Tony does this. And, you know, what Chris Cody does. And, like, it's just their versatility makes it so enjoyable because you can get not only different perspectives and different talents, but just a mix, like you were talking about a minute ago, Mayor, just a mix of all different kinds of things. And I don't know. I think it makes the show extremely enjoyable. You mentioned God bless football. Well, we kind of overlooked last week, the new edition of zoom zoom. And I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to that, but that was phenomenal. And I'm hoping I'm just going to, I can have to monitor my, my Twitter account a little bit better to see if I could jump on one of these zoom zooms. The other thing they talked about today was pencils. And it's funny. I've got a note on my calendar to tomorrow. It's going to say pencils for Billy, because I'm going to be rounding up all kinds of pencils from places in Cartersville. And I am sending them down to Miami. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys have an odd collection of anything that's, you know, a little bit off the beaten track. I do have a number of hats. I don't know that I would say that I've got a, a monumental collection. I do have a good bit of Braves paraphernalia as I look on my walls here in my office. And, um, but anyway, is there something that's kind of odd or offbeat that you have a collection of Ant? So, and this sort of comes from my parents, but whenever, especially when we were growing up, my dad was a teacher, my mom didn't work. So every summer we got in the car and drove somewhere and just went. Um, and my parents always collected shot glasses from not just from like, oh, we're in New Orleans. Let's get a shot. Cause it was like, oh, we're in podunk, you know, West Virginia. Let's find a like, so I actually, for a long time, whenever I went to play, I would do my best to get a shot glass from wherever I was. And actually even some of the trips my wife took when we were just sort of early dating, she brought me back from Spain, a shot glass or from Germany, uh, you know, a little boot or whatever. So that's something that I used to do. I actually haven't done it a lot recently in the last couple of years. I haven't been traveling as much, but it's certainly something. And I have, you know, 20, 30, nah, probably, probably like more than 50 shot glasses from all different places that I've been, not even anything that's coming from what we did when I was a kid, so to speak. So that's one. What about you? Ali? Oh, you, you have anything? Any, any? <laughs> so, I mean, I have the stereotypical NASCAR fan collection of die casts, but I open them. Um, they're not in boxes or anything because I let my kids play with them. But I have probably three to four hundred die casts of like just the little ones, like the matchbox size ones, because I get them for whatever season now and I get all the champions for whichever season of whatever year. But you, they talked about pencils, made me laugh because for the last day of the school year before Christmas vacation, like everybody was supposed to bring in kind of like a knickknack kind of gift to give everybody. So I bought 60 some pencils with little Christmas eraser toppers, like Christmas trees and Santa's and jingle bells and all that. But I didn't factor in that kids probably weren't going to be there on the last day of school. Cause it was a half day. So now I'm stuck with like 50 pencils. Oh, so that's all the kids are doing. Working you have stuff, to but send like, the Billy. Yeah, I'm going to get my Christmas ones and I'll, I'll mail them to Billy. <laughs> but it's, a, it's, a, it's an unhealthy amount of pencils. Nobody should have this many pencils, especially got, Christmas pencils. I've actually played a little miniature version of what's in Matt's desk. I've got the address somewhere here in my desk right here. Anyway, I won't, I won't spend time fuddling for it right now, but that's <laughs> that's okay. I've got that. Oh, God. We, I, we, do, re, we do refrigerator magnets. We, we yeah, tend to, we whenever we too. go somewhere, we, we are, our refrigerator is just filled with 
with magnets and you, you are my brother. You made me smile because shot glasses was one of the things my grandmother, my grandparents, uh, used to, I don't know if it's an Italian thing. I don't know if it's a New York thing, but, uh, that definitely my, my grandparents had a ton of shot glasses from every single place they went. That's great. Did y'all like collect all the stuff with your name on it back in the day? Cause I never had my name on anything. It was always spelled something weird, like Allison with two L's and a Y. Did y'all ever collect anything with your name on it? Like little license plates and key rings and all that kind of stuff when you go on vacation? Most definitely. I definitely try to get a key ring or the license plates that I put on my bike or on the back of like a skateboard or something. Most definitely collected stuff. I would also like to note when I was younger, we also used to do magnets, but my fridge currently you can't stick it's stainless steel and you can't stick anything on the front of it. There's like a small side where you can put, magnets on but the front of the fridge is blank you can't put anything on it and i hate they need it. to put a disclaimer on that because i found that out when i moved to kansas because there was a stainless steel fridge there and i'm like wait a second this is like, dumb why is this not like, working yeah. like oh yeah. i have all these magnets now so they went on the dishwasher my refrigerator is broken yeah and then the other thing i do um that i that i thought about it as we were talking about it is i also tend to buy ornaments wherever i go to put on a christmas tree especially if it's a trip I've gone on with the kids and we go to the Grand Canyon or we went someplace and we did, you know, river rafting or canoeing or something. I would always try to get something that so we could say, oh, remember this trip? And it sort of kicks in their memory of, uh, of something we did together as a family. Yeah, I bought one. I have a Titanic one from the Titanic Museum from Pigeon Forge that I went to a few a few months ago and that went on the tree. But Lucy sent Billy a monster truck ornament as like a thank you for him doing that cameo for her. So not only did I spend a lot of money to Billy, I also spent <laughs> a lot of money to ship him a very expensive ornament from Etsy. That's like a monster truck, but it's like the pirate character Okay. for the pirate ship or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think he got it maybe seven months later after I shipped it. So hopefully it's, it's around and about, but yeah, ornaments are fun. We do ornaments as well. Uh, that's all I've got for you this week. I think there could be a lot more, but uh, we'll say we'll, we'll put, we'll keep some in the hopper for next week. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, let's go quick round the horn. Allie, where can we find you on Twitter? At Allie Dawson 14, respecting cookout, cookout, the best fast food ever. Salute to cheer wine. Air, how about you? Uh, I will also tell you that I'm supportive of uh, cookout in theory. I've only been there a couple times. I, although it doesn't look like it, I try not to eat that way uh, very often. Uh, I'm in the greatest city in the world, Cartersville, Georgia, at Santini Matt. I have never had cookout, but I'm certainly all in to try it. So I'll have to make my way down to one of you two uh, peoples, and uh, and we'll have to we'll have to do a run. I'm Ant at Stano on Twitter, S T A I A N O. Thanks for joining us and have a great week. Zoom, zoom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.